Hey guys, so uh, my name's Nick. This is this is the podcast that the Lord has put in my heart. It's called Church Hurt. So um, just kind of want to go ahead and talk about what this is going to look like here. Um, just kind of throughout the duration of the podcast, however long that the Lord has it running. Um, and, and even if this is the only, only episode, cool. If not, cool, I guess. <laughs> but so what I really want to do is just talk about the heart here before we dive into stuff. And my heart is to not go in here and rip into churches and talk about how specific churches have done things horribly wrong and things like that. In fact, we're not going to name any church names while we're here through this podcast. And if any of my guests ever do mention a church name, I'm going to go ahead and just cut it out. Um, We're not going to mention any specific people's names. So no pastors, no church leaders, nothing like that, because um, we're not here to tear them down. They're human beings just like me. They're human beings just like you. Um, And just like all of us, they have failed. Um, they have fallen short and that's the cool thing. That's why we need a savior. Um, so not going to tear into these people. We're just simply going to talk about how the church. And when I say the church, I mean the body of Christ has failed in living out John 13, 35, where Jesus says that they will know you are my disciples for your love for one another. And what I really want to do is just kind of get to the heart of this issue is why does the church hurt each other? Why do Christians go and think that it's okay to walk in the flesh and hurt their brothers and sisters instead of living out the what Jesus has commanded us to do, and that is to walk in love and to be his light. And so that's kind of what we're going to go ahead and discuss. And so there are going to be times where I talk about my story throughout this podcast. Uh, there are going to be times where I talk about how I have been church hurt. And on top of that, how I have hurt people. Like I said, I'm not perfect. So I know I've hurt people. And so we're going we're gonna to kind of talk about that, but I also want to go ahead and lay down this foundation too, and that is for those Christians who are listening, um, you don't really have room to be church hurt. You don't have room to be offended. Um, Galatians 1.10 says that, uh, for, and I'm paraphrasing, but like, am I here to please man or am I here to please God? Like, that's the question that Paul's asking. And if our, if our heart's response is to please God, then what man says, does, thinks, um, shouldn't really affect us in any way or form. It should all be about trying to please the heart of the Father. And it should matter only what the Father says about us. It should only matter about what God says about us. Now, to those who are unbelievers or non-believers and people who uh, just maybe are here to kind of see how the church is screwed up. Well, hey, glad you're listening. Um, hopefully you guys get to learn a little bit about how Christians are actually supposed to act through this podcast. But um what I really want to just kind of say to you all is like, just thank you for being here. Please keep your hearts open. Keep your, um, keep your minds open and to hearing what we have to say. And, um, I just want to say to you also is like, I'm sorry for how the church has treated you. If you have walked away feeling condemned and unloved, that is not Jesus. He never walked away from anybody making people feel condemned or unloved. Uh, the only time Jesus, we really see Jesus ripping into people in the Bible is religious leaders who were those people who are constantly church hurting people Mm -hmm. who are constantly going oh you're not worth being loved because of your uh the what you're doing and that's not jesus jesus is looking at you and we're our heart is to for you to see hey like i see what you're doing um i don't really agree with it but guess what you're still a human being i still love you uh you were still created in god's image so i hope that you get to listen to this podcast and um also just learn a lot from it and um yeah just you can yeah, hopefully you just learned some stuff. So there's that. So I want to actually go ahead and introduce my first guest for the podcast. His name is Cody Wynn. He actually has his own podcast called the Faith Growth Podcast. So if you guys want, please check that out. It's super cool. He's got a lot of really good stuff on there. Um, and the reason why I have Cody here today is because I feel like he really um, sets the example and really displays the heart of this podcast. Um, Cody, he has been through a lot of stuff <laughs> as a believer, uh, more than most people would ever, ever know. His story is one that um, is kind of crazy in, in some seasons. And um, I feel like he just really displays the heart of this podcast really well because he has been ripped into more than any other person that I like personally know. Um, he has been torn down by church leaders. He has been torn down by believers and non-believers alike. He has been, um, he has been through a lot of stuff, um, honestly. So you can probably hear him laughing in the background. 
Um, but when I think about Cody, I often think about just the crap that Paul went through and like, you know, Cody's had, you've, you've dealt with plenty of shipwrecks, yeah. uh, in your, in your life. Uh, you've probably been considerably jailed a couple of times, right. I guess you could say he's never been to jail. No, um, not yet. Not yet. Um, what, what, what do you do? <laughs> do you have something planned? No, no, not oh, yet. Okay. Um, but he's been through a lot, and and the cool thing here is, and this is kind of what I wanted was saying about Christians is like you don't have room to be church. Or, is Cody doesn't look at any specific church that he's been in and kind of gotten thrown out in some cases and go, mm-hmm. no, I would never go back there. He would never tell believers like never visit that church, never do anything like they're they're heathens, they're Pharisees. Mm-hmm. He would never do that. He would never talk poorly about a a church or church leadership. Because he understands really, really well that they're just flawed human beings just like us yeah. who need Jesus. And um, and so the reason why I wanted him on here is because he just, like I said, he really, really um, displays that heart of, yeah, I've been hurt before by the church, but I hasn't, haven't let this stop me from loving Jesus. And I haven't let this stop me from loving the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, um, but cool, man. So I'm super glad you're here today. So Yeah, thank you, man. Um, honestly probably not even gonna put this on air simply because it's you <laughs> i'm just kidding wow i'm just kidding so um also one thing that i do want to say and i wow people are probably like dude he's a jerk um so i've known cody for 17 years now wow. i think 18 years we've known each other for a really long time so um he was supposed to be the best man in my wedding uh but because of covid it ended up in the backyard of my grandparents um or my wife's grandparents, not my grandparents. So we just, we didn't know what was going on and mm-hmm. we just didn't want to put him and his family at risk. So, um, he just, he wasn't there for that. So he got to, I think he watched the live stream. Yeah. Um, so he, he was there in spirit. And so spirit. he's been, he's been through a, uh, a lot of really cool stuff with me. Um, a lot of heartbreaking <laughs> stuff at times. Wow. Um, and he is, he has honestly been one of the few people in my life who has gone, Hey Nick, you're being really stupid, but I'm going to love you through this. Um, so I think that's, that's really cool. And that's one of the reasons why I think you really display like this, this heart here, this John 1335, um, kind of idea that we're, we're going for here in this podcast. So, but Hey man, so do you want to go ahead and just introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, as you said, my name is Cody. I'm 23 years old. I've been for all, for all, uh, loving Jesus and born again for five years, almost six years now. And, um, Grew up in church, had a really awesome Christian family, and I just chose to live in habitual sin. And I was the whole, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, I never knew you. I was that circumstance for a large part of my life. And um, yeah, so I have I have a lot of experience with churches. I have been to, I would venture to say a few hundred churches in the span of my life. Um, I spent the majority of it at two different churches. Um, and so I've, I've gotten to see a lot of different things. So that's one of the reasons, I, I want to note that to say, I'm not going off of one church that really ticked me off. And if I would have just gone to the church down the street, I would have never experienced these issues. This is something that I see globally uh, in the body of Christ, predominantly in the American church specifically that I I see it worst in. Um, But, you know, outside of my knowledge and expertise, if you even want to call it that in in the area of, of being familiar with different churches, being really close with other people who are much older and spiritually mature than me and hearing their experiences and seeing how they identically line up with mine has just shown that this stuff is not one of those, again, I'm just a one-off person who had a really bad experience with one individual. No, this is something that we see in the American church specifically is a really big issue. And that if the church doesn't fix it, uh, that Jesus is not going to have a spotless bride to come back to yet. Yeah, and so actually one of the things that I kind of want to add to that is um, you and I, we had a conversation about like when I first, this this podcast was first really Mm -hmm. put in my heart. Um, about why I really wanted to do this. And one of those things was we see the call for revival here in America so strongly right now. Like um, there are people like Sean Few, I don't Mm -hmm. know how to say his last name, but they're doing like, he's doing these worship nights all across America, which is really cool. Um, And we even see other people like Todd White and Francis Chan Mm -hmm. who are really, really pushing for revival here in not just America, but the world in general. Um, But I feel like specifically it's really strong here in America. Yeah. Um, and the issue that like that I took with that is not that I didn't want revival. Like I, I don't think I would right. actually, I don't think I could consider myself a Christian if I was like, no, nah, revival <laughs> right. sucks. Like yeah. I don't think that would be good. Um, but I saw this issue of we want everybody to become a Christian, right? We want mm-hmm. everybody to know and to love Jesus, but we 
often display Jesus so poorly. And yeah. so the only times that a non-believer could even have the possibility to interact with Jesus or come into contact with Jesus is through the display of a believer, mm-hmm. um, is through the, the display of a Christian. But we display Jesus so poorly at times, yeah. um, and not even necessarily to non-believers, but to believers in general. Yeah. And, and honestly, whether we want to admit it or not, people see that like right. non-believers right. see that um people who are atheist and hindu and muslim like they see that and um i i feel like they just ask the question like why would i want to be a part of that like you yeah, you literally just gave me like a like i've seen this where it's like um we, like somebody's handed somebody a, a homeless man a sandwich and been like man god bless you mm-hmm. and then they turn around and literally go and make fun of one of their brothers or sisters in Christ, like, or, or gossip about him, um, or them. And so, um, I remember a couple years ago and, and this is not necessarily like, and this was me where I kind of screwed up was, um, we were downtown Cincinnati for, uh, for that homeless ministry Mm -hmm. on Monday nights. And I remember we literally just like finished praying over, um, a homeless person. And I went and then talked to you and bashed someone who was actually like, a brother in Christ. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, you probably don't even remember this, <laughs> I but I just, um, I, I remember just being there and just being like, man, can you believe like they did that hmm. instead of going to you and being like, Hey, like this person did that. And like, we should really pray for them. Like, I hope they're okay. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I almost went with this criticism and this is kind of the issue that I see a lot of times with these, uh, more established, like I guess production style churches yeah. is this criticism culture. But um, outside of that, so you said, you had mentioned that you had been a part of not just one specific church, but um, you've been a part of, of quite a few. Mm-hmm. Now, if I remember correctly, you've you visited like a lot of different denominations too. It's not just been like non-denom or or Pentecostal or right. So yeah. Do you so do you see? this issue of like people not living out like that they'll know your love for they'll know your my disciples for your love for one another that's not just like that's not one denomination is it that's kind of so i personally i grew up in i guess one denomination it was not denom sure but um so i really only have like one real experience but yeah um so do you see that kind of culture across the board yeah yeah i um I grew up going to a uh, uh, southern, or not a Southern Baptist, but just a Baptist church. That's where I started my Christian journey, which is as Reformed, cessationalist, Calvinistic as, as it comes, and then I transitioned to a very charismatic church, uh, which was like couldn't disagree more on practically every topic, like Arminius, and uh, you know believes that the gifts are alive and well. So yeah, I found that it's really consistent. Um, the difference, though, is. You know, the the things, the issues that I've seen are just different. So like, for example, in a lot of charismatic circles in my personal experience, I see a lot of people who are not necessarily bashing each other's belief systems, but they are bashing individuals for, again, life things. Like, mm. you know, can you believe that Timmy the other day said this about that? Or can you believe that Bobby did? Like, it, it's all that kind of thing. Whereas, so it's kind of like that criticism culture. Yeah, it's it's criticism in it, and yeah, a very gossipy form of yeah, like pointing the finger at somebody and and a very behind their back kind of backstabby. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and again, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen with people who are in reformed camps. I'm not saying that at all. But in reformed camps, oftentimes the constant attacking and stuff is all about doctrine. It's all about you don't believe the exact same thing that I believe in this, uh, or, or or can you believe that that guy he believes in the gifts? Like you know, and and even in a Calvinistic camp, you'll have cessationists and people who believe that the gifts are still alive today and they'll even beat each other up over these things even though they're still technically both southern baptists so yeah it's it's this division thing it's like it's wired into the fall and we are so bad about it today in the church and yeah it's not one individual one individual or one denomination gets like the green pass because they don't struggle with it this is a human nature problem yeah. So, okay. So you kind of, you kind of hit two things there that I thought was really um, interesting. So one side, the, I guess the more Pentecostal side, um, and that's, like I said, that's the side that I more so grew up on, mm-hmm. um, was this attacking the individual rather than the right. denomination or the uh, theological side of things. Mm-hmm. And then one side is the division because of theology. Yeah. So I want to talk about, and I feel like it's a shorter discussion real quick with the talking about theology. So, yeah. um, and because we, we're going to spend a lot talking about the others, the, right. the former. Um, so let's talk about the, the, the side of theology. So with that, um, there are a lot of different belief systems here in the Christian religion, mm-hmm. um, which like I, I hate. 
Right. Um, not because I think one specific theology is right. Um, mm-hmm. I I think that it is. I I think that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Is is what I think. Um, and and I want to kind of hear your thoughts on this too. But I think that that if we can just find some sort of common ground as mm-hmm. far as what it means to be saved, because I feel like that's what Jesus died for was for right. our, uh, not that I, that's not what I feel like. That's what I know right. is that he died for our salvation. He died for us to know him and to love him and to be loved by him. Yeah. And so if we can find the common ground of, of um, this is what it means to be saved. Like Jesus is the way to heaven. And this is um, like, you know, it is, it is me putting my faith and trust in him and repenting from my sins. And it's not mm-hmm. by my own works, but by my faith in him, yeah. uh, or, you know, faith by, or grace by faith, yeah. you know, by, so his gift freely given to us. Um, yeah. and all I have to do is just accept that gift. So if we can agree on that, then outside of that, then I'm kind of golden on, on right. anything else. So what would you, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, I mean, you know, this is something that was not even done by Jesus, but that you, there's this this kind of seminary view of you have your primary issues and then your secondary issues. Secondary issues are things like uh, how regularly should you take communion or is tongues alive today? Uh, those are like the secondary issues that have zero to do with somebody's salvation. You can take communion once a month, you can take it once a week, you can take it once a day, and none of them will determine whether you go to heaven or hell or not. That's secondary issues. Primary issues are things like is baptism necessary for salvation? The, so really easy, we can just throw all the secondary issues and say, hey, we should never even argue over them. Yeah. You can talk with somebody about what you understand or believe about that, and there's no problem with that. The point isn't to say you can't have conversation. The issue is when our conversation always turns into an argument and turns into division where I can't even do ministry for homeless outreach, like you said, or something, because that person believes something different than me. That That is mind-boggling and so anti-scriptural. Yeah. The first part is the primary issues, the things that are much more important, uh, you know, even when we look at, you know, the five points of Calvinism, that's just like a really hot topic, something like eternal security. Your view on eternal security does not determine whether somebody's saved or not. There's going to be Calvinists and Arminius both in heaven one day. Is one person wrong and one person right in the argument? Yes. But if your goal is on being right and not being righteous, you've completely missed the mark. We're supposed to be in right relation with God and right relation with his people, or also similarly known as loving God and loving people, which is the greatest command God's given us. And if we're doing that, then we're living perfectly in the will of God. We're not doing that, though, if we're nitpicking and arguing with each other over the very little minute details that they don't believe. And again, I'm not saying that none of these primary or secondary issues don't have important or valuable implications. But the point is, is when you want to point your finger and criticize somebody who believes in a different view than you before grabbing arms with them, praying with them, praying for them, and all of us making the will of God uh, uh, magnified to the rest of the world, that's where the issue lies. And that is what I constantly see with all denominations. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, with that, um, I mean, you and I, we've had moments where we didn't necessarily, I, I don't think we've never ever disagreed on something primary. Right. I think you and I have been pretty, pretty good about, you know, looking at scripture and, mm-hmm. and when we ever kind of did come to a disagreement we've sought outside counsel and yeah together and so we've been very diligent about that i think we've done really good and now i do know that there are some secondary issues that we probably disagree on sure but the cool thing is and this is why like we we've not stopped that from us being in fellowship together I right mean, uh we've not stopped that from you being you know the guy that i call when i have issues <laughs> and and you know yeah. vice versa and stuff so it's it's been it's it's not just if anything, it's just challenged us to think more. And yeah, it's challenged us to seek after the Lord more. Yeah. Um, and we've never come at each other and been like, hey, you know that thing that you <laughs> you said? You like you did that wrong. Right. Um, like, you know, we never we've never done that. We've never yeah. like shoved it in each other's face. And I think that if with this whole denominational division thing, mm-hmm. um, I think that if if people were to start recognizing that, oh my gosh, like it's really not about me being right or wrong. Right. Um, it's, it's not about whether their theology is perfect or not. Like only right. Jesus's theology was perfect. Yeah. He, he's the only one who had the perfect theology. Like Peter didn't even have the perfect theology. No. I mean, there are multiple occasions really, I guess only one that, that Paul like corrected Peter mm-hmm. on stuff. Mm-hmm. Peter's the one who Jesus is like, Hey, I'm going to build my church on you. Like, right. Right. And so if Peter doesn't even have perfect theology, yeah, like word. how can we, how can we have perfect theology? Right. That's um, really good. And so it's it's kind of one of these things where it's like, dude, I like you love Jesus, man. Cool. Hey, me too. Like, mm-hmm. 
Like he's he's your Lord and Savior. Awesome, dude. Right. Cool. Outside of that, I mean, if theology comes up in a discussion, then I'm gonna like we're gonna talk about that because right. You know, we're we like thinking about those things, sure. but um, I feel like a majority of our conversations aren't even about theology. It's about how can we love people better. Right. Application. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's all about. I like that. It's all about the application of what we're actually doing here. Right. So. Um, and I think that's I think that's really cool. And I wish more churches. I wish the body of Christ would just really understand that because um, this is where I really feel like a lot of people go and and have this issue of I don't really know what to believe because like you know there are four hundred fifty thousand different type of denominations right. and yeah. three million different versions of the Bible and right. you know whatever. And so it's it's almost like we get in these gang wars. It's like Pentecostal yeah, versus Baptist and like. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just like thought about how like funny that would actually look like a Pentecostal just beating somebody with a flag. <laughs> so, so sorry. Okay, I'm gonna delete that. <laughs> um, but like this this gang war between yeah. you know denominations of what this actually looks like and mm-hmm. um in or sorry what this isn't supposed to look like is not supposed to look like a gang war. Right. It's supposed to be very much this like. Hey, we have different beliefs and we have different goals as a denomination, but honestly, every most part, every denomination that I see, they have the one goal of just bringing people to know Jesus. Right. Amen. And yeah. like that should be the unifying factor. Mm-hmm. And um, and think about it. I mean, like again, let's play it out because scripture is made for us to actually do something with, not for us to just understand and debate with. So, yeah. for example, let's say that I have a certain view on eternal security and you have the opposite one. And we both see somebody today at the grocery store. And, uh, and we both feel the conviction to pray for that person. So we walk up to that person and say, Hey, is there anything you need prayer for? And it leads into a great conversation. We talk to them about Jesus, share the gospel with them and they give their lives to Jesus. What does your view of eternal security have any relevancy in that moment to that person who just gave their life to Jesus? We can argue all day, whether because that person got baptized when they were four years old, if they're actually saved before that or not. But, but there's zero relevancy to the fact that at that moment, God did something in that person's heart and they're really following Jesus in that yeah. moment. So again, it has zero relevancy if you believe any of the actual views of eternal security, for example. It has it plays out zero relevancy in regards to how you're actually living your life. So, uh, you know, James 1 says, it is not hearers of the word, but it's doers mm. of the word that are those who are justified. So let's stop arguing over what we believe, but rather again, hold hands together and actually do something because God's not going to ask us how much we memorize on the day of judgment. He's going to ask us what we did stewardship wise with what he'd given us. Yeah. And he's also, he's not going to ask us how much scripture we memorize, but he's right. also, he's going to ask us, he's not going to ask us, Hey, how many people did you prove wrong? Right. Right. He's not going to do that. I see, I see there's yeah. one specific pastor that I can think of. Who's like, I guess kind of more well known. And I'm like I said, we're not naming sure. names or anything, but um, one of the things that when I watched his videos and I used to, when we were young, zealous Christians, I remember we would watch these guys and we we're like, do you see how I proved that atheist uh-huh. wrong? Like, right. look at that. And we get like really fired up about that. And looking yeah. back at that, I was like, there was no love with that. No. And there's this one specific pastor who I almost see like the way he, he corrects people and like proves them wrong. It like leaves them walking away feeling really stupid. Right. And like, I never saw Jesus do that. I never saw Jesus go. Uh, how like even to the religious leaders, I don't think he ever made them feel stupid. He stumped them at times. Oh sure, yeah. Um, but I don't think he ever made them go, "Oh, I'm an idiot." Like he just right. didn't do that. Um, and so I think that's that's one of those things. Is like again, like where's the love? Right. And and so that's that's the big thing there. Now I want to talk about the other side. So okay, mm-hmm. so kind of just to sum up what we just talked about there, it's about making sure that um we we can agree on salvation and outside mm-hmm. of that we if we can agree on primary issues then there shouldn't be a division here right there shouldn't even be and on top of that even with some of these primary issues like if we can just agree on what it means to be saved mm-hmm. and that jesus is the, the key to get in heaven then really outside of that then i think that i think everything else really is secondary right i really do because Agreed. i mean yeah. paul says all i know is christ and him crucified yeah, amen. and and that is primary like that's it that mm-hmm. is first step always going to be first step right um so but if if you're kind of in that position where i guess like you're struggling with what denomination do i believe 
Um, what, what denomination do I follow? What I want to encourage you is just like spend some time praying about where the Lord wants you and where you're going to grow. I don't think it matters where you're going to be at denomination wise, mm-hmm. as long as they just agree and believe that Jesus is the way to heaven. Yeah. Um, as long as we agree that Christ in him crucified, if we can, if you can agree on that, then get plugged into some sort of body. It doesn't have to be a church building, but get plugged into a body and get, just start getting that fellowships, start yeah. getting built up. So if you're a Christian who's like, I just don't really know where to start because of all these different denominations. So, um, there's kind of that is, yeah. is it, it doesn't really matter. No, doesn't. Um, so as long as they're not sacrificing puppies, then right. <laughs> just diligently seek Jesus. Yeah. Really. Don't diligently seek a church anyways. Yeah. It always lets you down. Yeah, for sure. And so that's actually kind of the next part that I want to talk yeah. about is, um, because I feel like being let down by a church is definitely a more individual kind of basis. That's mm-hmm. when we start getting into the more individual stuff. Yeah. Um, so this, this is a really good segue before that. Um, <laughs> dude, I, I, are you wearing swim trunks? I'm wearing swim trunks. Okay. Yeah. I All wear right. swim trunks every day. It's hot outside. They're light. They're comfy. They're cheap. Okay. All right. Sorry. I've been like thinking about this this entire podcast. I'm just like, I was like, I have to ask. It's like $6 from Walmart. Okay, cool. So I, I need a new pair. Anyways. Speaking of, uh, the sponsor of this video is Walmart. If you guys know, <laughs> dude, we're going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> Walmart's gonna call us and be like, "You guys can't do that." No. <laughs> we hate Jesus. Don't do that ever. Again. Yeah, they're like, "We." Oh wow. <laughs> so bad. Um, but cool. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the individual side of things because yeah. I know that there has been a lot of times. So you, we, we grew up in the same church together mm-hmm. um, for most of our our time we've known each other. I think yeah. actually that's where we got to meet each other mm-hmm. was. You came into kids' department one day, and you're wearing your fuzzy Crocs with knee-high white Nike right. socks. Yeah. So Cody Represent. was, yeah, he was representing. <laughs> so he's actually the guy who made Crocs this this uh, cultural oh, yeah. status that it is today. So you can Back thank in like Cody 2012, for yeah. yeah. Well, I think it was earlier than that. Earlier than it that? It was definitely earlier than Shoot, that. Shoot, dude. I'm old. Dude, we've known each other for a long time. Too long. Wow. Next. No, I'm kidding. I'm wow. Kidding. Totally joking. All right. That's the end of this podcast. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm kicking him out of my house. Um, but no. Uh, yeah. So, uh, ladies, you're welcome for for bringing in Crocs to culture. So, right. you can thank Cody for that. Um, I feel like that's a big thing. Like, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Right. Um, so, you served a lot of years. So, mm-hmm. uh, there, there was... There was a period of time where I guess you could consider more of like a pew sitter than a, mm-hmm. someone who's actually serving. But once you, you, you were very musically talented, still very musically talented. Um, and once you kind of got to this point in, I guess, age you, sure. you yeah. where you could start serving, uh, you started serving in the church. So mm-hmm. um, kind of what I want to ask you, and I, I did the same thing. My gift wasn't necessarily music, um, mm-hmm. although... My voice is horrible. <laughs> it's not beautiful. <laughs> I was gonna, say. but um, I, I, I mean, we we played a little bit of like drums and stuff together. Mm-hmm. I never really, I guess, fully like dove in. But my gift was more in the, the um, media side of things, right. where you were more on stage and and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. is cool. You know, there's different different parts to the body that sure. we have to to make that kind of work. Um, it's not just you know you weren't just up there do like doodling on the key keyboard right (laughs) um um, so i want to kind of talk about like a couple different things here one is you being in that position of of leadership where you held to the like specifically on stage where you held to the standard of almost what felt like an impossible expectation at times of being Mm. a perfection Mm. yeah i mean uh for a few different reasons we had a worship leader at one point um that was like over us in the youth group and I remember some of the rules uh, that were set for us were really intense and uh, like like really unreasonable as well, especially to ask for a bunch of sixth graders and stuff like that. Uh, very, very unreasonable, uh, in my opinion. I, and I think that everybody would agree looking back. I think actually the people who were leading as well would actually agree with that now looking back. Um, so that, that was one of the things. Uh, was, was the expectation from a musical standpoint of like you cannot mess up or like you will get somehow reprimanded for it. It was, it was really odd. Uh, and that didn't last a super long time, thankfully. Uh, and then the second was, yes, there was this expectation of uh, you doing additionally well spiritually to be able to be on stage in some sort of position. And, and to clarify, my issue with that is because my salvation, my spiritual walk 
should look zero different or be held to any greater standard than the guy who, like Nick, is doing media in the back. Yeah. Why is he allowed to be doing awfully spiritually, but I have to be doing great because I'm on a stage? Yeah. What to, does that make? To be fair, we were both doing horribly right, spiritually, yeah. <laughs> spiritually up until like our senior year. So yeah. um, I don't think it was like, I, and, and I think that's the other thing is, is um, even though we were kind of held to the standard, and I don't know how much you knew, but like, even though we weren't necessarily like us media guys, we mm -hmm. weren't on stage, we were also held to the standard of, kind of perfection at times sure and i think this is kind of where we started to really experience that uh critics culture yeah um yeah. in in the church of this like criticizing the individual um because i remember that there were there were times when i would hear secondhand of someone else not even necessarily like a leader in the church one of those like student leaders kind of how sure. like we were yeah um who would be like man so i just like i just literally heard just like somebody ripping into you because Mm -hmm. You just put up the wrong slide. Right. Like they were just like ripping into you because you had, you had a word mistyped. Right. You put, you put U-R-E, like right. Y-O-U-R-E without the comma. And right. so like, you're just the <laughs> devil. And like, you know, I, it wasn't that intense, yeah. but I mean, just. It was just very shameful. It was, yeah. it, nothing would be, at least in our experience, it was nothing that was directly like humiliating. It was just all shameful and it was all, um. Never, never pointed at your face. No one would ever say something directly to your face. It was always said to the side. Uh, yeah. And you would always hear about it second, third, fourth hand. And it, it led, it caused even greater pressure and expectation to be set on you to do well in whatever yeah. it was you were doing. And it actually just did nothing but discourage you and made you do worse, not do and, better. And on top of that, so you, you said a sh it kind of like shamed you. Yeah. Um, and so with that, so because we were held to the standard of perfection with our, our, worship and you know playing music mm -hmm. and and media stuff um do you feel like this kind of hindered you from being able to go to people with the things you were struggling with yeah great question um i don't think i've really thought of it like that but yeah i mean now that you say that i, I think that's definitely would be relevant i i had this sort of um any sin that i was dealing with the other weird paradox of this was I was, no one cared about my sin life. Everybody just cared about my musical life. Yeah. If I had practiced enough that week, if I messed up a note on stage, it was very intense on that, but there was zero, I mean, zero intentionality to make sure that spiritually I was doing well. I can count on one hand. Well, no, I can count one instance ever that I remember anybody ever asking me how I was doing spiritually. Um, and it was done by a female at the church and it was somebody in leadership, but they were a female at the church and it was just both of us in the room together at the time. And it was, mind you, it was a large room. Nothing weird happened, even close to weird happened. But it was one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm dealing with sexual morality and they don't know that asking me this question, but I'm not going to go and confess something in a room alone with another woman. Like that's weird. It's weird enough that I, it's a shameful enough that I already have this porn problem that I have. And now on top of it, for the only person to ever ask me be, uh, you know, this female in leadership in a room alone, it puts like even 10 types of more pressure on me. And then it makes me even more reserved because now I kind of just straight up lied to you, but I couldn't really tell you the truth either because that's not appropriate for me to be telling you those kinds yeah. of things as a woman and me as a man and you as older than me, but still, yeah. So there was a lot there and it, yeah, it led me into a place where it was like, you know, deeper into this inward thing predominantly though, because nobody ever asked me to. And again, to be fair, I'm a big boy Christian. I'm, I'm supposed to know better to, to confess my sins to yeah. my brother. And I knew that scripturally and all those things. But with the, the scenario that I was put in, I was put into a spot where it made those things extremely difficult, especially when the leadership did nothing for my spiritual, individual spiritual benefit, yeah. but did tons for my individual musical uh, you know, talents and, and those things being manifested. So it made it really hard for me to be able to ever be comfortable to share anything because my spirituality was definitely uh, undervalued and my performance was way overvalued because that's kind of what kept the whole Sunday, at least for a Sunday night thing going. Yeah. And so, I mean, and this, this kind of saying comes to mind and I recently heard this from, from a pastor um, that what they said at this church is we value people over production. Mm. And I've not seen that in a lot of church bodies. Yeah. And I feel like this is definitely one of those situations where while we were attending that church is we felt our production was more important than us as a person, than our indiv yes. us as individuals. Yes. Um, and so I think that if, cause I dealt with the same issue. I dealt, I also mm -hmm. dealt with a porn mm -hmm. issue. Now, um, I, I would, and unlike you, I don't remember anybody ever asking. Mm. So like, that's kind of, 
So I'm glad somebody at least right. excused. Like it sucks that you were in that situation, yeah. but I never got asked. Now you said something on the flip side is like we were like we were at least proclaiming Christians, right? right. Um, and we knew like we knew the word, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of what makes it worse, right? Um, it's right. like we knew the word, and we never sought help on these issues. Sure. So we never actually looked out like tried to find somebody mm-hmm. to help each other, and I think there was probably a position where you and I could have. If we had just manned up right, and right. just talked to each other, we probably could have helped out each other um, a lot. So it's yeah, not absolutely. even necessarily the the leadership's fault in this position. Is we never took the step out for freedom. Right. We never actually made that effort. I think we were kind of comfortable in our sin. Mm-hmm. And also, I think on the flip side is the shame was too great yeah, at absolutely. times for us to go, um, yeah, I want to expose this. Because mm-hmm. I think also with that, I think on our side too, and because I, I don't think it's all their leadership's mm-mm, fault, mm-mm. and I don't think it ever will be. No way. Um, is that we were so prideful in our positions because yes. like we were like the hot shots at right. at the church, like in youth group, like yeah. you know we were the the student leadership team, right? Um, and so we didn't want we didn't want to compromise that position, right? Because we would have been grounded and asked to step down for a while. Yeah. Which again, I'm not even like you know I, I can go into that at a different time whether that's okay or not. But the point is, we both know that we would have been reprimanded and lost. And yeah. like at that point, especially for two people who are false converts, when your identity is being found in a thing that you do versus who you yeah. are in Christ, for you to rip out the only thing that makes me feel even kind of spiritually alive away from me would have been like entirely devastating yeah. to me. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And I think that would have actually almost pushed us away from the church. Sure, yeah. Um, and further into sin than, yeah. than we not. So I think that there's a correct way to go about reprimanding someone. And like yeah. like you said, that would literally be an entire different right. podcast. Which um, would be a really good one to go over though, actually, because I'm, I'm really passionate yeah, about that honestly, topic. Yeah, honestly, so let's, let's schedule the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to fly back from your anniversary trip. Yes. Um, and we're just going <laughs> to... Well, I'll actually fly back early for it. Oh, perfect. My wife perfect. will totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Honey, if you're listening to this, I'm joking. He, he won't do it, I that promise. I won't do it, yeah. Um, so... I, and I think that I think that if that would have been the case, it would have actually pushed us away. So yeah, I mean, in retrospect, like I, I don't know. I don't want to say like maybe it's okay that we didn't go to somebody because it's not. It's no. not. It's not okay. It was just um, one of those. It was. It was so many things were going poorly. Yeah. Um, all at the same time, and and mind you, if if you haven't been in leadership at a church before, I think this is important to note because again, I I, I want to explain and express these things in regards to leadership. First, for if you're in leadership at a church to go, wow, I didn't even recognize I was doing that to my church or my, my leaders, first off. And second off, to say, hey, you, you might be so in, in a bubble, or, or rather, if you're not in the leadership, you might be so outside of this bubble that you don't even recognize what's going on in the leadership, uh, the pressure that the leadership's feeling. There, were, there are, have for years been these things going around where secular something came into the church to be able to help make their church program more efficient, Mm -hmm. i.e. they would find a a psychologist and psychologists would figure out that people's uh, brain span, uh, their, their memory span was 30 minutes long. And this actually was one of the big pushes that made hour to an hour and a half long sermon become a 30 minute sermon and a lot more of the musical portion of it, as well as funny games or videos or whatever else that would happen, or just shorter church services in general. This happened because of secular psychology coming into the church. Another thing that would happen is when they would have secular people coming to the church, they found out that things like um, like lights and smoke and fog machines during uh, the musical port of the worship service kept people's attention, quote unquote, better, or people got into the uh, presence of God, quote unquote, greater. Therefore, they took a secular thing that was done by bands I used to listen to before I was like, like in the 1960s that bands would do. And they literally copied and pasted that and put it into the church because they found out that the relevancy in secular was, was really powerful and impactful. So they try it in the church as well. So I say all of that to say, we were in one of those things in this moment when they were so big on production. Um, production was huge and is still really um, because they found, hey, you know, we're supposed to do things to the glory of God, Colossians 3. And, and they use scriptures to, to kind of explain or justify it. But what that did was made them focus so much on the, the talent or ability or the, the performance side of things that they just happened to neglect unintentionally, I believe, neglect the spiritual side of how are you guys doing spiritual? I mean, I remember for me, I was at the church from sixth grade until uh, around graduation, a year or two after I graduated. And from that time, it wasn't until the last year or two that I was serving at this church, somebody had the idea, maybe we should actually like have like some sort of like pastoral counseling kind of like session with everybody and just be like, 
Nick, how are you doing? Like, like, is everything going well in your life spiritually? Is there anything we can pray for you for? I mean, like those conversations weren't even like thought of before that, at least in the worship team where I was a part. Yeah. And I think that I, and that's kind of, I think one of the big solutions to this is making sure that there actually is some sort of pastoral um, leadership over the leaders. Like yeah. it can't just be, oh, Cody, you know, he's playing on the worship team. He's fine. He's right. fine. Because, I mean, we lived so often not fine. Right. I mean, we lived in a way I that mean, 90% was, of that was not fine. Yeah. I mean, we definitely lived in a way that was like, that wasn't good. Like, I mean, right. I look back and I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. I should not have been in leadership, no. like at all. No. And um, it was not okay. And so, and I think if somebody in would have just stepped up and gone, "Hey, man, what's actually going on in your life? Like, mm-hmm. be real with me." And and with that, I'm to say, what what I do want to say is like, I do want to give some props to some leaders in in the church because it wasn't all bad. No, no. Um, yeah. There was a lot of really good stuff. Excuse me, that happened too. Um, one thing that I remember is there are a couple leaders who actually I um, really appreciate because I could go to them with the issues that yeah. I dealt with, but it wasn't until like it, it wasn't until I was actually saved that I realized like, Oh man, mm-hmm. I like, I can't hold this in anymore. Right. Um, I remember, so there's during our senior year, there was this transition with youth, youth pastoral staff and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And this new youth pastor that we brought in, uh, there was a, there was a situation one night where I was exposed to some stuff that I really should not have been exposed to. And, um, I could have either slipped back into a lot of, a lot of habitual sin um, mm-hmm. but instead I came to this person and like this person, I'm, I'm a senior in high school. I've been a part of this student leadership since I was in sixth grade. Yeah. Like I should not like me screwing up is unheard of. Like this is not like, uh, uh-uh, yeah. game over. You screwed up. Like you're, <laughs> you're done. You're back in the kids department. You're a kid in the kids department. <laughs> like that kind of thing That's is funny. like almost this, this idea that was mm-hmm. there. But, um, I mean, I just, I knew that I had to to kind of talk about this. So I mm-hmm. ended up, it was like, it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I just, uh, I just called him. I was like, mm-hmm. I can't, I'm s- like, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean for this to happen. I just need like, I just need prayer. Yeah. Like I'm not doing okay. And this youth pastor was like, dang man, that really sucks. <laughs> He's like, that's a bummer dude. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm going to pray with you. And then we just prayed and mm, that was it. That was the end of the situation. Yeah, amen. Um, and I think that if more leaders would actually go, hey, like, I see how you screwed up and, like, I forgive you. Yeah. And Jesus forgives you. Um, we're not going to talk about this again because, like, it's been addressed. Like, right. And then not only after, like, that that was taken care of. Like, when I say he didn't bring it up, he didn't go up to me and be like, hey, man, you screwed up. Like, right, I mean, right, he, right. like, he addressed it. He corrected me in that situation. And he's like, okay, that person who that happened with, like, you got to cut them out. Right, and then right. what he did is from that point is he would check up on me and was like, Hey man, I remember you telling me about this happening mm-hmm. and I just want to see, how are you doing? Like, are you okay? Right. Um, and so it wasn't this, this, um, well, I guess, you know, I, I guess I lied earlier. Somebody did check up on me spiritually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my bad. Um, but I guess, so there was this, this moment of not me, my shame getting shoved down my throat. And yeah. I think that this was really that display of Jesus that I needed to go. Yeah. Um, okay. It's not just, it's not just about like, you know, my pain here. It's like, it's not all bad. And like, right. not, not saying that that wasn't the only good experience. There was a lot of other really good experiences oh, sure. as I grew up. That was just one that really stood out to me as we were talking about, you know, this, this critics culture that we dealt with here. And I mean, there was another youth leader who wasn't necessarily a youth pastor, but I feel like he's been a part of this youth group for <laughs> forever. Um, and so he, I remember there was one day where I was actively serving as a counselor at a kids camp Hmm. um and i was dealing with i like not like i don't know if i'd stumbled back into porn Hmm. i'd fallen back into porn and it was it was really like my soul and like i was in this spiritual battle of just like Hmm. i really want back out of this like i hate this and there was a lot of shame coming against me because like you're not supposed to fall like you're a christian like you're supposed to be okay all the time mm-hmm. and um i walked up to him literally like right before chapel like we're supposed to be taking care of these kids spiritually and taking care of them but here i am broken and i'm just like i'm going to go here i'm going to and i was fully prepared to go up to this guy and go hey i really messed up 
And I thought he was going to send me home right then and there. Hmm. And I walk up to him and I pulled him aside. I was just like, this is what I've just been struggling with lately. And uh, I just like, I don't want to deal with it anymore. And I was like, if you, and I, I'm pretty sure I told him, I was like, if there are repercussions here, like, please just let me know. That's fine. I just want to be free. Hmm. And he's just like, let's just, he's like, I'm just going to pray with you, man. <laughs> like, he's like, he's yeah. like, I'm just going to pray with you and uh, right. just stay in contact with me. And like, that was it. Like, right. so he prayed with me, gave me a hug and we moved on. Like, right, and right. I, I mean that it was like that moment of just freedom that came there. I was like, wow. Okay. So this is how Christians are supposed to act and right. react to when somebody screws up yeah. because no matter how perfect Christians can pretend to be, like we're going to screw up at times. Right. And uh, so I kind of want to, you know, with, with all this being said, it's like, it's not the end of the the story like somebody being rude to me someone hurting me someone criticizing me and and almost putting my identity in things i do rather than who i am in christ and therefore me leading me to put my own identity in things i do and kind of like this horrible vicious cycle um it's not the end that's not where it's supposed to be that's not how that's supposed to look and so um i mean was there I, i guess my question is was there ever really a moment for you that you're like my identity's in piano Mm. And like, um, Mr. Jazz hands here. <laughs> um, like, what was that like? Yeah. Um, I think that, that the recognition came with me. Uh, it wasn't even at the point of salvation. It was maybe a month or two after. And, um, I had to talk with, uh, somebody and I was talking about, I said, you know what? I, this is really cool, but I just gave up all secular TV and all secular movies, which again, it was a conviction on my heart to do. And the person was like, wow, that's awesome. Like, that's really cool. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, I did all those things, but you know, I still listen to like secular music, but like, that's different. So I can still listen to secular music. And he was like, okay, cool. Uh, what, what about that part's different for you? And I was like, um, I guess I don't have a really good answer to that. I was like, I guess it's kind of the same, isn't it? And he's like, yeah, it kind of is with you, at least the logic you were just using as to why you cut the other ones out. And I was like, crap. So uh, I didn't give it up that day either, but about a week later, I ended up giving up uh, secular music for good. And when that happened, it, it was this kind of snowball effect of recognizing, wow, I've been putting so much of my, like, you know, myself into, you know, how good I am at my instrument and all these things. It was just very selfish and very proud. And it was like, I want nothing to do with any of this anymore. So uh, that was really the point when I was like, okay, I need to step back because I'm finding my identity in the wrong thing there. Mm. Uh, and that, that really kind of started a two-year uh, cycle of me doing nothing about my identity at all because I, I just couldn't accept the fact that after salvation, the sins that I'd committed, that God still forgave me and loved me yeah. and showed me grace through those. And I think that that part right there in all of our lives, this is whether you're a leader at a church or somebody who's uh, somebody who's just a, a, a person who goes to the church and you're just a normal everyday Christian like all of us should be, that y- you... If you have yet to experience that kind of grace from another individual uh, and or, or, or experience that even from the Lord, that this oftentimes is the thing that causes us to live in this insecure uh, identity kind of place yeah. of not being sure, not trusting the Lord uh, fully and not really being okay with who we are and then trying to perform and live a certain way and act differently for the sole purpose of somebody else liking you more or, yeah. or being more uh, you know, welcoming of you or whatever it might be. The point is, that when we are as Christians finding our identity in anything other than what Christ said and what Christ has done on the cross, then we're always going to live in a place where we're not okay. And really to tie this into the church hurt thing, if you have been church hurt, if you're like, yeah, oh, dude, guys, I get exactly what you're saying. There was this one church and they like, like they used to do hymns and they don't even do them anymore. So I get church hurt. To you all, you cannot put the blame on your church for doing you wrong because your church did not do you wrong. Jesus did you way right, way more right than you ever deserved to be done right. And because of that, if you let anything take away your joy, that's name is not Jesus. And by the way, he'll never take it away from you because he's the one that gave it to you. Then you are living at the expense of another person. And as long as you live at the expense of another person, you're going to live in this constant roller coaster of letting things in your life and people in your life take your joy away. And you're always going to live in a place of church hurt if you let people be Lord over your life, yeah. other or rather than Jesus being Lord of your life. You need to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, maybe they didn't do anything right or anything uh, perfect because they're humans. Just like I didn't do everything right because I'm a human. But one thing that I really, really uh, need to humble myself and put into perspective is the fact that 
why did I ever let them affect me that much anyways? Because they don't, they, they were not getting, never given the right to, like, they weren't the ones who gave me my joy. So the fact that they can take it away shows that I'm lording that person over my life in this circumstance right here way more than I should. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you are a proclaiming believer, you are never, whether it's leadership, whether it's your pastor, whether it's your wife or husband, it doesn't matter who it is. You cannot point the finger at somebody else. Try that on judgment day. Yeah. Try that being in front of Jesus one day and being like, God, you don't understand. If it wasn't for my spouse, if it wasn't for pastor so-and-so saying that to me, I would have really followed you. You know that, right? What do you think he's going to say to you on judgment day about Dude, that? I just imagine Jesus, like God being like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, like, sure. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, no, he's going to be like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. no, he's, he's going to, and hopefully he'll wipe every tear away from your eye yeah. and then he'll hold you and then you'll come in and, and cry and take yourself into heaven. Yeah. He'll take you into heaven. But yeah, the point still stands that you cannot blame everybody else yeah. for your problems. And the, the theme I see with people who are church hurt is they like to point the finger at everybody and everything but them for the problems that they have in their lives. Yeah. They like to go, oh, they never checked up on me spiritually. So therefore that's why I was living in poor, right. a porn addiction right. when like, we nope. never stepped out to talk to somebody about this. Right. Like, so that's why it's, it's this side of, of we have to seek after. And that's kind of one of the things that, you know, we were ta- discussing earlier. This is not about, um, like so many people don't see Jesus displayed well, but mm-hmm. why are we often, why are we looking to see people display Jesus well and going, okay, now that, now that they display Jesus well, right. now I'm going to follow Jesus. It's like, Look to Jesus to see Jesus. Yeah. Like that's how it's supposed to go. If you want to to live like Jesus, spend time with Jesus. If yeah. you want to know Jesus, spend time with Jesus. I love you to death, dude. I think you mm-hmm. display Jesus very well. But for me to know Jesus, I can't spend time with you. I right. have to spend time with him yeah, in yeah. that in prayer and reading the word and just in just time with him, like yeah. having a relationship with him. I mean, so that's kind of what that, if I want to be like Cody, then cool. I'm going to spend more time with Cody, right. um, which I never do. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, so that's kind of what that, that really, what, what I think is kind of the answer here for this yeah. individual criticism of being like, how do we not get church hurt by individual, you know, this criticism and, and because it's going to happen. It's just yeah. going to happen. I don't care where you go. I don't care who the believers you surround yourself with is there's going to be a moment where they criticize you. And I hope, mm-hmm. I hope that it actually is a place from a heart of correction of like, I right. love you. So I'm correcting you and not this harsh, like you screwed up. So you're going to hell kind of like thing like right. that we've like, nobody's actually said, a, said that to us no. by the way. Um, uh, but like, it's that feeling that almost that like, Oh, you're right. better than this. Right. Um, like do better, like kind of that, that like pretentious attitude, I guess yeah. would be a good way to put it. Um, and if, if we can put our identity and I think you said it really, really well, if we can put our identity in Christ and, and like what he says about us rather than what people say about us, then we can go, man, I really appreciate how you've corrected me. I really appreciate that. You're trying to get me to do better here. Right. I appreciate that. And then walking away better yeah. instead of broken down and beaten and on this roller coaster of emotions, <laughs> yeah. um, because our faith is, or and our joy and our identity is placed in what people say about us rather than what Jesus say about us. Yeah, I mean so, Hebrews ten twenty five. It's it's the only real single sentence in the entire Bible that says what church is. It says, uh, "Do not neglect the gathering of the saints, as have some, but as the day draws near, stir up one another in love and in good works." We we come together as the body of Christ for the sole purpose of stirring each other up in love and good works. Not to criticize, not to shame, not to beat each other up, not to condemn each other, but rather to stir each other up, to cheer each other on, root each other on. I mean, just like it's it's the Hebrews 12 thing, where in Hebrews uh, 12 at the beginning, it says that there's such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. So let us let it, let us lay aside every sin and encumbrance which so easily entangles yeah. us, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and despised the shame. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself by sinners so that you do not grow weary. Scripture is telling you right then that if your eyes are fixed on the people around you and not Jesus, no wonder you're discouraged. And then goes on to say, oh, you have it bad? You've gone through hell? Really? Have you ever considered what Jesus went through? Perfect, sinless, did nothing wrong, died for your sins because you did it all wrong. He didn't do anything wrong and he died for you. Consider him who endured such hostility so that you do not grow weary. Yeah. How can you grow weary with that context? How can you get church hurt with that context? Because church hurt really is 
from a root a root place of unforgiveness. Yeah. You, you've, been, you've been hurt by something and you haven't forgiven that person fully because if you have, you wouldn't deal with the hurt anymore. The, yeah. the hurt's there because you, there's a lack of forgiveness. And if a Christian is struggling with unforgiveness in any facet, I'm not here to shame you or beat you up. I'm just saying you don't understand a portion of the cross. There's some yeah. part of the cross that you're missing there because if you believed fully that your sin was that exceedingly sinful, you would never look at somebody else's sin that's different than yours and say that they don't deserve forgiveness because of what they've done. No, no, no. If we understand sin, if we understand the cross, we would understand, no, we have been way done right and we way deserve hell. Yeah. And God has really forgiven us of everything we've ever done. And the cool thing is Jesus did not die to meet you in the place that you were. He died to meet you in the place that you were for the purpose of bringing you out of that place to bringing him to the place where he's called you to be, which is seated at the right hand of God. Yeah. And that's what your identity is as a Christian. He's called you to that place. He set you there. And if you're living any less than that, it's because you're just not believing something about the gospel, but you're still there. Yeah. It didn't change your disposition. You just need to change your mindset because if your mindset changes, everything about your life will change therefore with it. Yeah, and on top of that, and I think also the side of what you said is like, man, if if this is where my identity is placed, mm. if, if I understood that my sin was exceedingly sinful and that I didn't deserve forgiveness, but I still got it, then I would never withhold forgiveness from other people. Yeah. Uh, this would actually keep us from hurting other people too. This yeah. would actually oh, keep yeah. us from being the cause for somebody being churchy. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it, it goes back to living that John 13, 35 mm-hmm. uh, standpoint of, of, man, I'm going to love you because it doesn't matter what we've done. Um, you, you like, it doesn't matter what you've done. You, you're, you're a human being, you're a child right. of God. Um, your identity should be placed in him. And if I can help you establish your identity in him, then that's what my heart's going to be. Yeah. I have zero right to withhold un- forgiveness from you. Yeah. I have zero right to withhold forgiveness. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what needs to be there. And I mean, I think a lot about different times in my life where, dude, I, I literally bashed your head up against a wall. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? I do remember. Okay, yeah. I didn't know how hard I <laughs> But I literally bashed your head up yeah. against a wall before, and we were we were messing around. I didn't like. Yeah. I didn't just be like, man, I'm mad at Cody. Um, bam. Uh, that's not what happened. But I mean, there's there's been a lot of times where I have like not only physically hurt Cody, mm-hmm. but I have probably emotionally hurt Cody, and I have said things about him and behind his back that I'm sure he's heard about, and he's still gone. He just needs Jesus and he just needs yeah. love. I remember one time, and this is this is really kind of that moment that I really go, wow, Cody really displays this very well. Um, and I don't know if you remember this, but I was like really heartbroken. It was in 2018. I was like a mess. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I think this is the lowest point I've ever been in my in like my Christian life, mm-hmm. um, like pre- post-salvation yeah. of, of walking with Jesus. And I was in this, we were sitting in our coffee, in that coffee shop we always hang out at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, I was like, man, why have you not given up on me? Mm. Why do you still hang out with me? Like, I have put you through so much crap. I have treated you so poorly at times. I've been a terrible friend. I have used you. I have abused our relationship at times. Um, and like, and, and I wouldn't say that's the majority of our relationship no, by not. any means. Um, but there has been moments where I have been selfish and like, and I had at this point, I was very hurt because I'd seen a lot of people. I I, I was going through a breakup at the time. Yeah, yeah, you were. Um, and so I was just like in this position where I was like, uh, by the way, like this was like my second breakup ever. So, <laughs> so it was rough. But he was twelve, by the way. No, no I'm just kidding. I'm totally I was twenty one years old. <laughs> um, but no, I I was very broken in this yeah. moment, and it felt like a lot of people had just left me over the span of my lifetime and gone, Nick, you're not worth mm-hmm. it. But you continually had gone, Nick, I see the crap that you've done, mm-hmm. and you're still worth hanging out with, and you're still yeah. worth being loved. And so mm-hmm. for for me, I just want to say thank you for for never giving up yeah, on me for sure. and for continuing to just show me Jesus when you could have been like, no, Nick's hurt me, so I don't want to be around yeah. him. And um. And so just, I, I think that you really display that well. And I don't know how often I tell you that, man. So I'm going to do it here. In front of <laughs> I, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but no, for real. Um, so there, there's kind of that, man. So I think that's, that's really just the heart here is like yeah. seeing people where they're at and going, man, that really sucks. And I'm going to be here with you. Cause there was never a moment where you're like, 
dude, grow up. There's yeah. never a moment where you're like, shut up and stop complaining. Like, right. you're like, dude, you're hurt and you just need to be loved. And you could have done that. You could have been like, again, this Nick, come on. Like, yeah. you could have done that, um, but you didn't criticize me in that position. Mm. You just loved me through it. And it's because you understood in that time, as I do now, and hopefully other people are starting to understand, is like, I didn't deserve forgiveness, mm. so and I still got it. So I'm not going to withhold forgiveness for Nick. I'm not going to sit here and criticize him because he's a human right. being and he screws up, just like everybody else. Um, like I'm not going to stop that. So I think that I think that you really do display that well. So I mean I that's that's why we have you here, man. And I think that we've got. Some really cool stuff here. I think this is the start mm-hmm. of something really cool as far as this podcast. So hopefully yeah. Cody's going to be here again today and we're going to, or not today, but for this podcast, we're going to discuss that correcting people. I th- I'm really excited about that. Yeah, so yeah. we weren't planning that. That was literally just right. figured out right here. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So I think that, I think God's going to do some really cool stuff through this. And I think that um, hopefully that people are going to start living out that John 13, uh, So that actually reminds me, and like, we didn't talk about this at all beforehand, but like we were talking a little bit about kids excuse me, kids camp and like you're wearing swim trunks. So I was like, this is literally what uh, I've been thinking no. about the whole time. So do you remember when we were in like, so speaking of people who like showed us like undeserving grace, <laughs> do you remember when we were at kids camp and we had that huge rat tail war? Yes. And okay. like you just, so it rained so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you like just chased me. Yeah all around this building and i went sliding down uh-huh. like just covered in mud yeah dude i'm to this day i'm still just like i am so surprised that the the children's director did not murder us oh uh, yeah night. we should have been kicked out yeah oh yeah and she's like hey you guys want to come back next year <laughs> like, <laughs> i was like it's a trap <laughs> yeah. i was like she's gonna do this <laughs> but no she just made sure we never got bandanas again so that was right cool. uh- but cool so all right guys well that is the church hurt podcast thank you so much for Mm -hmm. listening please uh give us a like a review whatever is it too early for me to ask for that on first okay unless it wasn't good then don't do it yeah if it's not good then just shoot me a message on instagram (laughs) just be like hey do better yeah privately yeah don't (laughs) let everybody know (laughs) please like privately correct that's also leading to our next discussion about (laughs) matthew 18 yeah But cool. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you for being here, man. So um, I hope you guys have a blessed, blessed week and we will chat next time. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Church Church Podcast today. We are so excited that you are here. So just want to kind of talk to you guys about something really quick. So me, Cody, and our good friend Dylan, we call him Dilbot, we are starting something called the Faith Growth Initiative School of Ministry, where it is a 12-month program where we are going to teach you about who God is, about who you are, about your identity in Christ, your fivefold. We're going to talk about your Damascus moment. We're going to talk a lot about just different things. It's going to be some one-on-one calls as well as uh, just discipleship and things like that. Um, So if you're looking at taking your relationship with God to the next level, please check out the link in the description below. Um, It's got a lot more information about this whole thing, and we would love to chat with you about it. So again, please click on the link in the description below, the Faith Growth Initiative School of Ministry. We are so, so excited about it.